Doing okay? It's good to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen? Is that what you came for? Or did you come to punch your time card? No. Just an apple a day keeps the devil away? No. Could have stayed home if that's all you wanted. We're here to sit in the presence of Jesus. We've been singing about who he is. We declared what he has been doing. And now as we're going to listen to him through his word, would you pray with me? Let's invite the Lord to speak to us. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your word never comes back void. Lord, as we gather to hear your word today, we thank you that it is living and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. And so, Lord, we are expecting you to cut right to the chase in our life of of where we need encouragement, where we need hope, instruction, maybe correction. But, Lord, we're not here to just hear words spoken. We're here to be encountered by you and to encounter you. So thank you, Jesus, in advance for what you're going to say to us. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. I invite you to grab your outline, pull that out there, and grab your Bible. We're going to uh, go through a number of different scriptures today, not just one text. You'll see them uh, highlighted there on your outline if you want to get your Bible ready. But we've been in this series for the last four weeks. This is our fifth week in a series entitled Entrusted. What will he find you doing? Rooted in the scripture where Jesus is, is trying to talk about what it means to follow him in the kingdom of God. And, and he talks about a, a servant three servants and a master and how he gives them different amounts of money, uh, different talents, and, and then what they do with it when he returns, they're accountable for it. We've been walking through this understanding that we have been entrusted with so much that he calls us to trust him with everything. Remember, we've been walking through this, this acrostic, this outline of trusting God with everything, taking an inventory, recognizing that this idea of stewardship or, or trusting God with everything and looking at what he's entrusted us with, it's not just about our money, but it's about our very heart. It's about our body. It's about our time, the abilities that he's given to us. It is about our money, our resources. It's about our relationships, and it's about the good news of Jesus Christ. How are we stewarding the great gift that he's given to us? We've seen these attitudes of an owner, of uh, attitude of a customer, and then an attitude of a steward. Different attitudes, but Jesus is leading us to an attitude to say, while I don't own it all, I don't own any of it, I am responsible for it, and I will be held accountable for what has been given to me. We recognize that God is our source because he has given us everything. He owns everything. And we begin to understand his promises, the way he has created things to work. Promises like the treasure principle. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Your heart follows what you value, what you protect. Principles like if you give, it's not just about giving, but you grow spiritually. The Lord takes you deeper through your giving. Principles like do it now. If you wait till everything is perfect, if you wait till all the stars align, if you wait till the perfect moment, you will never get off center and do what God wants you to do in this area of trusting Him with everything. The eternal impact principle. We learned how Jesus calls us to live beyond our years here on this earth by what we invest in. And, and the first thing's first principle, that He is first and He deserves the first and best of everything in our life. 
We looked at surrendering to God last week, how he wants us to sign the blank check, give him everything. And today, the first part of testing God's promises, I want us to taste and see how good God is. He challenges us. Just taste and see how good I am. Just follow these principles. Put feet to your faith and see what happens. Just try it. Jesus says in John 4.34 to the disciples, he'd been ministering, he'd been serving, and they wanted to bring him food. And Jesus says, hey, I have food that you know not of. My food, Jesus says, is to do the will of the Father. What strengthened Jesus, what nourished Jesus, what satisfied Jesus, what gave him great pleasure in, in his appetite, what did that for Jesus was being obedient to the Father. And friends, we've talked about being entrusted with so much a lot. We've talked about trusting him with everything a lot. But I believe today Jesus wants to call us to just taste and see, to test how good God's promises are, and, and to move in radical steps of obedience. So here's what I want us to do. There's no blanks for you to fill in today. There's some extra scriptures. If you're a person who likes to take notes, I encourage you to jot down these references because these scriptures, I believe, are going to be gold for you. But I'm just going to tell you how we're going to end. In a matter of minutes, we're going to come down and we're going to look at what's there in your outline. And we're going to begin to pray and say, Jesus, what are you calling me, Brady, to obedience in in these areas? I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. And so as we're looking at these, we have heard so much of what God's telling us about what is involved in stewardship and and whose it really is and the principles of how these things work and and surrendering it to god but now he says enough talking about it let's do it together we looked at one of the areas of stewardship deals with our heart proverbs 4:23 the reference is there in your outline listen to these words or turn to it with me Proverbs 4:23 above all else guard your heart above all else guard your heart sounds like it's something valuable remember what you treasure that's where your heart will be and that's what's important to you if i treasure my heart my heart will be my heart that sounds like Dr. Seuss doesn't it if, if I value what God has given to me, he says, protect what goes in your heart. Be careful what you put in your heart. Make sure you empty your heart of certain things because I have given you a heart to be pure and holy before me. Steward that heart. Friend, it all starts here. All the other things we're going to talk about. If the heart is cluttered with junk, everything else will be cluttered with junk. Jesus is calling you and me today to be obedient with what has been entrusted to us with our heart. See, with the Lord's help, I believe he's calling you and me to make a covenant to fill our heart with some things. The first is this. Would you be willing to fill your heart, covenant with God, with his help, you would fill your heart with the word of God by reading it daily? Oh, Brady, that sounds like a church thing to say. That's propaganda. Listen to God's word speaking about itself and the importance of it. Joshua 1.8. Jot that reference down. Some of you are going to want to read this later. Joshua 1.8. Here's what it says. Do not let the book of the law, or do not let the word of God, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. 
Then you will be prosperous and successful. Joshua 1, 8. Jot this down. Psalm 119, verse 11. Oh, this one's really good. I have hidden your word in my heart. Why? So I might not sin against you. Friend, if you want to be a good steward of your heart, you've got to fill your heart with some things. You need to fill your heart with the Word of God. Fill your heart with the works of God by daily going on a God hunt, looking for what He is doing. And John 13, Jesus is there. They're on their way, the disciples, to have a meal with Jesus. And on the way to the meal, they're talking about who's the most important. They're arguing about who's the greatest. Jesus knows this. They come and they, they're at this place to eat and it's the custom to wash feet. There's no one there assigned to wash feet. And so Jesus takes up the towel and the basin and begins to wash feet. You remember this well. Peter says, don't wash my feet, Lord. Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, you can have no part of me. He says, well, if that's how it's going to be, then wash my ears, my eyes, my nose, my head, my toes. Wash everything. Wash all of me. And Jesus just continues to wash their feet. As he has done, knowing where their heart was, knowing what they were focused on, who was most important, he says, do you even understand what I've done for you? He goes on and he says, I'm calling you to serve one another, to follow my example. See, Jesus is saying, I need you to watch what I am doing, not just so you can be thankful, but so you can follow my example. Friend, when you go on a God hunt, it's not just to lift your spirits and have a good day, though it does that. It's so you can see what God is doing and ask the question, God, how can I cooperate with where you're going? You want to protect your heart? Fill it with God's word. You want to protect your heart? Get your eyes fixed on what God is doing. It will do wonders for your heart to see where he is, and it will draw you to what he is doing. You see, when you acknowledge what he is doing, it helps you know how to follow him. Guarding your heart, it involves looking for what is truly good. Scripture tells us whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is, is, is pure and holy, think on these things. Whatever is truly good, think on these things. How do you guard your heart? Focus in on what God is doing. If we're going to be good stewards of our heart, we not only need to fill our heart with the Word of God, fill it by looking for what God is doing, we also can fill it with the presence of God by daily talking to Him in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. This is not a mandate for distracted driving. Where you have to close your eyes when you drive. It's in every thought. It's in every aspect. Jesus, I want to be in relationship with you. I want to talk to you. Friend, if you think you're going to have a pure heart without prayer, you are sadly mistaken. Who is going to audit what you're storing in your heart? Who is going to help you when your heart is living by false things and, and believing lies about yourself? Jesus wants you to take every thought captive, bring it to him. He will speak truth to it and to help you guard your heart. You've got to fill it with the very conversation with God in prayer. That's what he's asking you and me to do. God is asking us to fill our heart with the people of God by consistently meeting with other believers. Hebrews 10:25. Let us not give up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. This is what I believe Scripture is talking about. It says, when iron sharpens iron, so one man will sharpen another. God has said, when you protect your heart by reading my word, by looking for what I'm doing, by talking to me in prayer, by gathering with other believers, this is what I want you to fill your heart with. 
so you can guard what I've entrusted to you. It's not yours to do whatever you want to with. He says, I have blessed you with it. Use it for me. I believe in this one there's not only things to fill, but there's some things we need to empty our heart of. I contemplated skipping these because some of us don't want to hear it, but I felt like I should love you more than want to keep you comfortable. So let's walk through a few of them together. Would you or I be in a place to take action to to begin to be obedient by saying, Jesus, with your help, I covenant to empty my heart of these things. I'll empty my heart of bitterness and of offense. Well, that's easy for you to say, Brady. You haven't experienced what I've experienced. No, I haven't. But you haven't experienced what I have either. Friend, you and I have a choice if we're going to remain bitter. We have a choice if we're going to take offense. Could we empty our heart of bitterness and offense by choosing to let God, let go and let God? What would it be if we would let go of it and trust God completely? Ephesians 4.12, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. That's a gold nugget, Ephesians 4.12. We could empty our heart of pride and of shame by allowing God to remind me who I am in Him. So if I'm emptying my heart of pride and shame by allowing God to show me who I really am in Him, Romans 8. 12 will stand out for me. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Friends, some of us, we're hanging on to things in our life that are prideful, and it's got to go. We're thinking higher of ourselves. Others, it's this idea of shame. It's really another way of describing pride. When I view myself incorrectly, when I don't see myself for who I really am, I think too high of myself or too low of myself, it's thumbing my nose at God. But when those who are in Christ Jesus, there's no more condemnation. We should have freedom. Jesus says, I want you to honor me with your heart. Let go of the bitterness. Let go of the offense. Let go of the shame. Let go of the pride. With the Lord's help, I make a covenant to empty my heart of compromise and all impurity. How? By choosing to get off the fence and place both feet in the kingdom of God. Friends, there's some of us here today, the act of obedience, God is saying you can't serve two masters. You can't have one foot in the kingdom of self and one foot in the kingdom of God. You are straddling the fence. It's going to be painful. You will be torn in half. And God says, guard your heart. I've entrusted you with so much. Right about now, this attitude of an owner begins to creep up. My heart. I own it. I am responsible for it, but I'm not accountable to anyone for it. He says, oh, you don't own it. Some of us have the the attitude of of a victim as a customer. We say, this is not mine. I don't own any of this stuff that's happened to me. I don't own any of these things that are in my heart, and so therefore I'm not responsible for it, and I won't be held accountable for it. Wrong. Jesus says, hey, I've given you this heart. And in this world, I promised you, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world, Jesus says. He's saying, card your heart, be a good steward of your heart. All these things will flow out of it. The heart is the wellspring of life. 
Could we empty our heart of procrastination and apathy? Oh. How? By allowing God to set my priorities and to set my pace. Some of us, I believe it's not so much a priority issue, it's a pace issue. You put God first, but when you get around to doing something for God, that may be the day. God may need to speed you up. He may need to slow you down in his time. But where is your heart? Not only does God want us to be good stewards of our heart, God wants us to be good stewards of our body. 1 Corinthians 6.19 Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Friend, if you want to see some satisfaction in your life, if you want strength in your life, if you want to be fed spiritually, this is my favorite thing. When people talk about, uh, no one would ever do it at Grace Point, but people talk about other churches, oh, I, I, I couldn't be fed there. From time to time, there's someone who will come to Grace Point and they'll say, I came because I couldn't be fed there. You know what I want to say? <laughs> That's an obedience issue. You don't feed me. Edgar doesn't feed me. You know how I'm fed? I'm fed by doing the will of the Father. So whenever I say I'm not fed, you know what I'm saying? I'm not obedient. Oh, that's good preaching. I don't care who you are. See, Jesus says, if you want nourishment, if you want satisfaction, if you want the best life possible, do what I'm telling you. You, you, You've heard me talk about it. You've seen me talk about it. You've seen me do it. But now is the time. Guard your heart. Now is the time. Be a good steward of your body. With the Lord's help, I make a covenant not to worship my body, nor to neglect my body, rather to honor the Lord with my body. What do you mean? Could it be that God is asking you or me, with His help, to honor Him by daily affirming that my worth is not in how I look, and not in who I am, but whose I am? Could you start each day recognizing John 1, 12? Yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Could you look in the mirror and say, I am a son of the king of kings. I am a daughter of the king of kings. My worth is in him. I don't worship my body, but I'm also not going to neglect my body. With God's help, could I honor God by daily honoring the practice of the principle of Sabbath and getting to bed on time? Parents, this is a good time for you to take notes to share it with your kids. But God help us if we can tell an elementary student or a junior high student or a high school student the value of getting a good night's rest before school. Could we not see the disciplined efforts of us honoring God with our body? If we burn the candle at both ends, it ends badly every time. And friend, this is a spiritual issue. God is calling you and me to honor Him with our body. This is an act of stewardship. To whom much has been given, much is required. Could we honor God with our body? By daily choosing, oh, this one's convicting for me. Daily choosing to eat to live instead of living to eat. Some of you have been around long enough for the last four years to to witness my confessional heart. If I'm really honest with you, when I come to a portion of Scripture like this, I would have all kinds of excuses in my mind. Oh, if I would drink too much alcohol, it would... It would impair my judgment, and so it's easy for me to be against alcohol. If I would, if I would do things that would dishonor my body, and, and I could bring on illness that I know that this could happen, I don't want to do that. But a Big Mac, or two, or four, or more, I like that. 
Friend, could I, could I surrender enough to God and say, God, would, would you help me not to live for the legalism of it all, but what would it look like for me to not put any other gods before you? Oh, that's the first commandment. I'm going to eat to live instead of living to eat. Could I covenant with God? God, I want to honor you with my body. How? By consistently asking you to help me, God, find an exercise pattern in light of my unique needs and my unique limitations that is pleasing to him. Not pleasing to Brady, not pleasing to Lane, not pleasing to your spouse, but what God is calling you to. Wait a minute. I was with you on all this other stuff, but now it's getting ridiculous. God does not care if I do a sit-up. Hey, hey, friend, I'm not here to tell you what God has planned for you. I know he said your body is not your own. You were bought with a price. I know he wants us to do things to take care of our body. And in light of our own unique circumstances, your body is not like mine. What would be wise for you may not be wise for me and vice versa. But do we allow God to speak to us in this area at all? Or is it something I've sectioned off and say, God, stay far away. You can come talk to me about lust. You can come talk to me about pride. But in what I do with my body, leave it alone. God, help us. We are to be a steward of our body. See, Paul says that physical training is of some value, but spiritual training is of eternal value. But don't miss, even though we emphasize the spiritual training, he says there's some value in that. I think God wants to talk to us about stewarding our time. For some of us, this is the most valuable commodity we have. This is what is the hardest for some to be a good steward of. Ephesians 5, 15, and 17. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Make the most of the time that God has given to you. We all will not have the same number of days here on this earth, but we all have the same number of hours in each day. Could I covenant? Could you covenant with the Lord's help? I make a covenant to invest the time he's entrusted to me. How? Today's about getting rid of excuses. Today's about letting traction happen. Could I say, God, I want to entrust to you, trust you with the time you've given to me by giving you, God, the first and best of my time in prayer and Bible study and quiet time with him. Above anything else, the best time for your brain what's the best for you is it when you wake up is it before you go to bed is it the middle of the day what is your best time don't give god leftovers don't just say well god you know what i've been thinking about it whatever minutes are left over the day i'm going to have the rollover minute plan verizon does it so maybe you can do it god i'll just kind of roll some minutes over and it'll all kind of average out in the end friend if you put him first with your time this is not about god being a cosmic killjoy he says i want you to have the best life possible I've given it to you. Use it. You need to be connected to me. What would it look like for you and me to honor God with our time? By leaving enough margin in our schedule for God to be able to bring us divine appointments. Some of us, we live by this idea that the busier we are, the better we are. The more that we have on our plate, the more important we are. What if God wanted to break in? What if God wanted to bring you someone in need? Would you or would I even see it? Were we so scheduled so tightly or could we leave room? Could we schedule an extra 15 minutes between appointments? Could we schedule an extra hour in the day? Could we say, God, just help me take time to, to maybe have a plan, yes, but could I punt the plan to follow what it is you want to do? Maybe for you it's coming back to that fourth commandment again. 
with your time honoring the Sabbath and keeping it holy and set it apart for him. Friend, this is one of the commandments, not a suggestion. And I want to suggest this to you. You need a Sabbath day. This is not just giving it to God. God is giving this blessing directly back to you. Many of us, you can have your Sabbath day on Sunday. Friend, Sunday is not my Sabbath. That's my busiest, most hectic day, and I love it. Don't feel bad for me. It's my favorite day of the week. But it is, it is anything but a Sabbath for me. I love it. But Friday is my Sabbath. Before school, I give that to my daughter and my wife. After school, I give that to my daughter and my wife. During the school day, that's for God and me. He recreates me through recreation. That whole day is reserved for God. What do you want to do today, God? I don't inform him. Well, you know, we got a tea time. You know, I got a bike ride planned. You know, the garage won't clean itself. How about you do that miraculously and we can spend more time together? Well, he tells me to do that other times too. But, but do you ever allow God to have an entire day of your life? Friend, he wants to recreate you. Well, that's, that's a whole other sermon. We'll come back to that. In our time, could you honor God by intentionally and sacrificially investing time and in serving in ministries to others? Jesus told the disciples, I'm washing feet so you can see me wash feet. I want you to serve one another. I want you to serve others. Audit your time. How much of your time is set for your own agenda to serve yourself? How much is your time given to bless someone else? Your spiritual gifts and abilities, just two left. 1 Peter 4.10, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. What if you and I would get off center today and we would begin to act in radical obedience and say, God, with your help, I make a covenant to use my spiritual gifts and abilities to lift up your kingdom, not my kingdom. Some of us, we think the greatest struggle is to figure out what our real strengths are, to figure out what my spiritual gifts are, to figure out how I can do best. You know, that's not our greatest problem. Our greatest problem is when we do do some act of service, when we do use a gift, an ability, a strength, some kind of spiritual gift, we're more interested in being thanked than giving it to God. We're more interested in being noticed than giving it to God. We're more interested in being valued than giving it to God. Friend, whose kingdom are you serving? I'm preaching this back at myself. I'm not preaching this sermon so you can say, thank you, good sermon. Here's another fun thing. Okay. I love it when you guys are so supportive. You say, oh, Pastor Brady, that is such a good sermon. I, I, I appreciate that. That warms my heart. But you know what warms my heart even better? Tell me what Jesus is telling you. Because you know what? It doesn't really matter how well I do. It doesn't even really matter how well you do. It matters if he shows up and we recognize him. And so when we look at our time and we're serving, it's not if you got the recognition that you thought you needed. It's not if you got the position or the title that you thought you needed. It's not if people saw how valuable you were. It's did Jesus' kingdom get advanced? What if we looked at our time that way? Next, what if we would weekly serve and minister in our local church? Now, some of us, we have the role and servants as a CEO servant. It's Christmas and Easter only, about twice a year. I, I, I serve in big things a couple times a year. That's what I do. Found my niche. I don't think Jesus said, hey, disciples, follow me. You'll use this every now and then. He says, this is a way of life. Maybe for some of us, we could begin to see that Jesus is calling us to daily serve the people around us as we'd serve the Lord. 
Well, what is your job? Are you a homemaker? Could you serve your family, your spouse, your kids the way you serve the Lord? Are you a student? Could you serve your teacher? Could you serve that administrator the way you serve the Lord? Are you an employer or an employee? Could you serve those at work the way you serve the Lord? And Jesus is calling us to use the gifts, the abilities, the talents for his work. How could we be good stewards of them? And finally, this morning, your relationships. John 13, 34. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so that you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. With the Lord's help, I make a covenant to view my relationships as a gift from God and to invest in the people of my circle of influence by seeking to build deeper relationships with my family. Friend, I'm concerned that we can have such great intentionality to reach Fort Wayne, the, the greater community, the state, our world. But Jesus doesn't have anybody as close to your family as you. Are you building a spiritual relationship with people in your family? God wants you to be a good steward of that relationship. He also is asking us to seek out accountability with someone else. You are not wired to do life by yourself. He wants you to be in relationship with someone else. Are you getting vulnerable enough for them to sharpen you, to have friction in your life? Are you offering that accountability to someone else? Would you be willing to commit to be a part of a a Bible study, a connection group, a class, or a team, some place in your church where relationships could build you up? But, But next week we'll talk more about this next one, seeking out a new relationship with someone who doesn't know Jesus. Well, I've said a lot of stuff, and you've listened to a lot of things over the last five weeks. But here's what I think Jesus is asking us to do. You look at that sheet in front of you. Every one of those that says other. Why? I'm not God. He's God. I'm confident that he's going to speak something to you. It may be one of these things that was listed that resonates with your heart. It may be something completely different. But here's what I want us to do. It's time to eat. Now, I know it's first service, and you may have class after this. Some of you, you may not have class. You're going to go to eat now. But I don't mean it's time to go yet. But it's time to eat. Taste and see how good God is. Jesus says, my food is to be obedient to the Father. Friends, there is nourishment waiting for you. There is strength waiting for you. There is wholeness and health waiting for you. There is satisfaction waiting for you and me as we are daily obedient. But for some reason, sometimes we have a hard time identifying what obedience is for you and me today. Well, start with looking at what he's entrusted to you. So I invite you right now, look at that sheet. And you make your own check marks. I'm not going to have you turn it into me. You're not going to turn this over to your spouse or to your friend or your neighbor. You're not going to go post it on a wall anywhere. This is for you. But accountability is required for us to have traction. And for some of us, if we can just sit and listen to one more good talk, all we're doing is saying, that's nice, pass. Prime rib, pass. Filet mignon, pass. Broccoli with butter sauce, pass. Anybody getting hungry yet? Baked potato with all the fixings, pass. Chicken and noodles, pass. That's right, pass. But some of us need to say, well, we'll just hold up the line. I know we're a couple minutes over, but this is okay. 
Jesus, if you've really given me all these things, if you, if you really expect me to be responsible for them and accountable for them, I need your help. This is not just being disciplined and being a good boy and a good girl and a better citizen. This is with God's help we covenant. So here's what I'd invite you to do. I've taken my sheet and I've checked what I feel like the Lord is speaking to me. I'd like you to hold it in your hand. And as we pray together, I would invite you to break the rules of prayer that we learned in like children's church. You've got to have your eyes closed. We're going to all keep them open. That's okay. And if you have a writer, a crayon, a pencil, a pen, a marker, as your prayer, I invite you to fill this bottom part out. After taking inventory, recognizing God as the source of all I have, striving to understand and live by His principles, stepping out in faith and moving in obedience to test God's principles, I, and then put your name, I, Brady, hereby make a covenant with the Lord to do my part and radically trusting and obeying Him in the above checked items. Brady, you always want me to fill something out. I don't want to do this. I understand. I can't make you do it. I'm just inviting you to do something similar to what Jesus did. When he talked talk to his disciples, he says, come, step out, come follow me, walk now. He knows when we put feet to our faith, it helps us move in steps of obedience. If that's you, at our seats, let's pray and write and respond to the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning as we've taken just a little extra time to really look at what you're calling us to in obedience. Lord, it's one thing for us to recognize who you are and lift your name up in praise. It's another thing for us to be so excited about what you're doing and to gain hope in our heart to see that you're living and active. It's another thing for us to listen to your word and see your promises and, and say they are amazing. But Lord, you're saying, if you love me, obey me. If you love me, care for and feed my sheep. If you love me, Respond with good stewardship of your heart, of your body, of your time, of your abilities, of your relationships. Thank you, Jesus, for not just calling us to obedience, but you want to empower us with your supernatural power to follow through. So it's in your name, Jesus, we covenant with you to obey. Amen and amen. Church, would you stand with me? You and I have our marching orders. We have our encouragement. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He gives us all the power we need to obey. But as you go, I challenge you, go eat big. Go and obey. God bless you. You're dismissed.